This is Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Naor Menninger. And you're listening to Two Nice Jewish Boys. In collaboration with Australian Jewish News, check them out at ajn.timesofisrael.com. Also in collaboration with Arutz Sheva, israelnationalnews.com. About six months ago, in May of this year, the entire country was hit with a wave of Arab-Israeli mob violence. Jews were targeted both in the streets and in their homes, in cities like Acre, Lod, Jaffa. Two Jews died, one in Acre, one in Lod, and many were injured. There were also a few incidents of Jewish mob violence against the Arabs. On May 10th, Israel began its fourth military operation in Gaza, another round in Israel's ongoing attempt to defend itself against Hamas. All hope for coexistence seemed gone, I told you. And then about a month later, the government was formed. In an unexpected and historic twist, Prime Minister Bennett managed to form a coalition by garnering the support of one of Israel's Arab parties. For the first time in history, an Arab party is part of the ruling coalition. Is this just a fling, or is this a true step in the direction of peace between Israelis and Palestinians? Today we are joined by comedian and activist Noam Schuster Eliassi. Noam joined us back in June to talk about her bout of COVID and her time in Hotel California. California. Hotel Corona. It's been a year and a half. It's been Ah. half a year. No. No. Ah, this was back in June of 2020. Oh Oh my God. A year and a half ago. Uh, Noam joined us, but COVID-19 is so 2020. So this time Noam is joining us to talk about peace in the Middle East. Noam hails from quite a unique place in Israel called Neve Shalom or Wahat al-Salam. Probably doing an awful job pronouncing that. It's actually pretty good. Oh, okay. (laughs) It translates into Oasis of Peace. It's a cooperative village founded by Arabs and Jews with the stated goal of showing the world that it's possible. Noam performs in Hebrew, Arabic, and English, and we are thrilled to have her on the show today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me again. Happy to see you. So (laughs) has the taste and the smell come back? Yes. Yes? Not not as it used to be, I think, beforehand. But uh, yeah, kind of. I think so. I just read about this guy in Italy. I tried to reach out to him. He also lost his uh, taste, but he was a culinary mastermind in Italy. He was like a gastronomy and uh, one of the biggest uh, talents in Italy. And he lost his senses and now he formed a school for smell. Oh, he trains wow. people to remember uh, to scent. regain their senses. Yeah. I was thinking after COVID that if my uh, income or my profession uh, was counted on my sense of taste and smell, I would be really screwed. So I'm happy that a side effect of COVID is not losing your sense of humor. So <laughs> 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 this is still <laughs> that would have been awful. Then it would have been a true pandemic. Yeah, I would a have real tragedy. Like, sued COVID nineteen. Like, <laughs> yeah. You hurt my income. But as a comedian, I think uh, I think every comedian who got COVID, whether we took it like more lightly or more seriously eventually it gave us content i think Mm -hmm. as much as it's horrible to say it because i suffered so much but uh some of my most exciting projects right now are around you know what happened in in that period so Mm -hmm. which i can't talk about (laughs) 
super no no but probably uh, but you'll see it on netflix yeah you'll here. see <laughs> you'll see it somewhere and uh then you and then you would call me for another podcast interview and be like i'm too busy <laughs> <laughs> just hopefully then you <laughs> won't be after an injury or something <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh yeah you guys always invite me after i survived something <laughs> yeah this <laughs> yeah. time a broken a broken foot mm-hmm. i fractured tube i managed to fracture wow. like i was coming out of covid you know i was feeling happy again and healthy and uh, ready te- to live life to its fullest yeah in tel aviv when we feel happy and healthy we think we can ride bicycle <laughs> around town so uh and then I life su- was like no i survived a week with those bicycle and then i fell on my left foot oh, <laughs> and man. broke it so i found myself on my parents sofa which is a nice sofa i have to say for how uh, long like three months yeah what kind of a sofa does it have a shazlong it's um you know those new ones that are so wide you can just uh, like w- you once you remove yeah. the pillows it's like a whole bed mm-hmm. uh so yeah one of I those it's it's, so yeah it's not bad so that's when you were on twitter pissing off Uh, like writing yeah. leftist tweets and pissing off the right. Yeah, so it's, it was actually <laughs> so funny because the injury happened in April. So in May, when everything happened, I found myself at my parents' house. And every time there is political ter- ter- turmoil, we yeah. say mm-hmm. in, in English, I always say that as much as I, I have a lot of criticism and cynicism around where I grew up, this like peace community, Israelis, Palestinians, uh, you know, Jewish Arab community, which I appreciate you said the name in Arabic because there, there is always like the coexistence police, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you have to say the name also in Arabic. And during those times of uh, political tensions, it is the only place I can be in. So I think that even if I wasn't un- injured on my parents' sofa, I would have found myself packing, you know, my stuff from Tel Aviv and just going there until everything, uh, you know, calms down. Why? Because, because you don't feel comfortable in the rest of Israel? No, th- there is, I think when those kind of extreme situations happen, like the last time we had it was 2014. You mm-hmm. were here? Mm-hmm. You, were, you were here, yeah. And I, I, I remember having the same feeling. I remember like uh, feeling like everyone is in their corner. I don't mm-hmm. know how you say this in, in English. Like in, entrenched in their corner. Yeah. yeah, people are not... Putting up their defenses. People, it, d- during those times when, uh, when, like when the bombs are actually exploding, people are not willing to engage, you know, in, in, in you kind of want to be with the people that you want to see protected, that you agree with, you know, that you are, that you're feeling comfortable around it. Mm-hmm. And this is in my community with my best friends who kind of understand our history and understand how much, you know, The, the the narrative that I grew up on is not the narrative that you started your mm-hmm. you know your summary yeah uh, with the, so there when you are in Neve Shalom or Wahat al Salam during these periods of extreme tension in Israel it it can't be felt at all meaning there's no we feel yeah it's uh, within it, the community yeah was there sirens yeah 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 I was with my uh, kabaim. Uh, um, uh, crutches crutches 
<laughs> one of my most viral tweets in Arabic during this time is, you know, I was tweeting about my leg and like Instagram, you know, a lot of uh, my Arab and Palestinian followers knew that like I broke my leg and I'm tweeting from home, whatever. And so there was, if, if you remember this evening where Hamas said that they're going to fire at 6 p.m. sharp. Mm, yeah. yeah. But then I think they fired at like 5.45 or 5.55 or whatever. So I tweeted, I'm like... Uh, Hamas I'm because uh, I have my kind of like Arabic comedic name which is Naame which is no I'm in Arabic kind of okay. and I was like uh, uh, Naame is with crutches if you say 6 p.m. it has to be 6 p.m. it can't be like Arab time because I'm running with my crutches <laughs> to the shelter and this was you know this is a, a way to engage you know very painfully obviously yeah. with this situation because running to the shelter with my crutches just had a very different sensation and feeling of misery that, mm. you know, rather than just like... But the you irony of you and like the leftist community in Neve Shalom in a place called the Oasis of Peace, getting bombed by the Hamas, running to the shelter, like it's the classic uh, Israeli reality. It is, yeah. Yeah, we're not... We're and still you don't concur with the narrative in our intro, though. You said you grew up... So can you elaborate? What do you mean when you say... Yeah, you guys want to fight. Yes. <laughs> Let's get in, you know, you want to have views and listeners. Yes. Yeah. No, I, no, 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 that's no, no, not, no, 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 no I'm purpose. joking. We want, we want downloads. We don't need listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and which are available on <laughs> Apple. <laughs> and Spotify. And wherever you get your podcasts. Let's um, go. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I mean, it's, I think that narrative is a, it's kind of the center, you know, it's, it's, it's the center of everything and uh, exposure also. And, and the way that we, uh, you know, the way that we shape how, how we see, how we see the reality here. Um, in your, in your intro, you, you, you didn't give any context to why it happened, how it happened, where it happened in those mixed cities, mm -hmm. right? So when we think about, um, you know, encounters and clashes between Palestinians and Jews, mm -hmm. a lot of times we hear it in the news um, when it's in the West Bank. When it's in the occupied Palestinian territories, we hear about, um, you know, settlers maybe burning olive trees, We hear about, um, you know, uh, Palestinian communities, uh, you know, resisting or trying to defend themselves from settlers. Uh, mm -hmm. These are the kind of clashes um, because this is where Israelis and Palestinians interact the most in a heightened political situation in the West Bank, right? Mm -hmm. The times where it kind of uh, um, penetrates, let's say, into Jerusalem and then into the mixed cities inside Israel is when there is a political context, when there is something that is out of the norm, right? Because today, we're on, today is uh, October 27th, 9.35 a.m., nurses are going, you know, Arab nurses are going to their work in hospitals and, uh, you know, Jewish high-tech uh, uh, workers are in their offices with their Arab colleagues. Today is a normal kind of mainstream day with no outside consequences or political context to affect this kind of, let's say, organic dynamic that exists inside Israel, okay? 
and you were kind of saying, oh, this, you know, this kind of happened <laughs> out of nowhere. There were clashes there, y- y- you know, and obviously we were in a very sensitive, very explosive time and there is context to which it happened. But and do you think that there's a context that can um, justify, justify violence? What no. Happened? No, no. But when we, but when, you know, when you asked me to come here and kind of talk about what happened to me during these days and how it's like being in a mixed community in these days. So let me tell you how it's like. Mm-hmm. Lud and, Ak- and Ako and, uh, and yeah, these are all cities that are mixed. Mm-hmm. And let's say that there is there there is tension at times, but what has been happening in the past few years is that there is more and more presence of uh, what we call Garin uh, Torani, Garinim Toranim. So yeah, like neighborhood it's watch basically. No, 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 no. It's basically settlements. Se- no, it's like right. cells, yeah, yeah. C- c- cells of. Settler-driven ideology or religious Zionist uh, ideology that, in the past few years, has said we've done a pretty good job with settler ideology or religious nationalist ideology, whatever you want to call it. I don't care. In the West Bank, but we have failed in conquering the hearts and minds of the people inside, you know, Israel, in the Galilee, in the center, in Lod, in Haifa, whatever. And so there has been more and more budgets and more and more presence of religious nationalist takeover within an already very, very sensitive mixed Arab-Jewish framework of, 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 of mixed cities. But takeover is a big word. They, they buy, how, they are Israeli citizens who buy, legally buy and occupy uh, property so l- in yeah. Israel. So even this, we can break it down because as an Arab citizen of Israel, a Palestinian Arab citizen of Israel, when you are a resident of Lud and you see uh, that your educational system or your matnas, your cultural uh, life, uh, your neighborhood, nothing uh, is developed. Uh, people can't buy houses, people are in poverty, people don't have the same kind of budgets for education, for development. And then you look, you literally turn to the building next to you and you see the Jewish families with religious nationalist driven ideology. This cannot be erased from you know, the bio of when you move to a mixed city and you see that they can get houses and they're getting budgets and they're opening uh, uh, you know, schools and uh, there is more... Uh, there is more like it's gentrification like any gentrification in any city okay yes uh, you know what this is a discussion that i agree with and we can and 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 we can have it but um but but uh yeah i mean no doubt but the in the context that we live in in the religious and political context that we live in it's more explosive when it happens from uh religious nationalist motives Mm mm-hmm it's horrible when it happens from economic motives only, right? From like uh, liberal, uh, secular, you know, hippies who move to Jaffa. Yeah, I'm, I'm, this is also a discussion that we can have. And I think that this is also an element to why Jaffa was such a explosive point because the citizens of, the, you know, the Arab citizens of Jaffa are also watching their entire city slip out of their hands, right? And, but, but, but the fact that there is... Um, but the fact that there is this 
kind of growing uh, uh, Garin Torani. We, we should find uh, how to say right. it in, uh, uh, in English. It's a religious cell. Yeah, like, kind of like a religious nationalist cell in an already very explosive environment. It's just like adding, you know, oil to, you know, and in Lud specifically, there is also a mayor that does a horrible job. I mean, democratically elected. Uh, right. But um, uh, in a, again, in a mixed city where you need someone like in, in Ramle, for example, the reason why it wasn't as violent and the reason why it wasn't as uh, explosive and uh, and uh, traumatizing for so many of the residents of the, it is because of the mayor and because of the municipality who choose a different rhetoric and they also choose um, uh, a, 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 a way to handle this like Jewish Arab fragility in, in, in a different way. So if you have a mayor that adds oil to the fire and is kind of a racist basically, um, this has long-term consequences on, on... But how does that explain Akko? In Akko, you know, Arabs have been thriving. Uh, they've been enjoying uh, tourists, Jewish tourists. And what do they do? They burn the tourists alive in the hotel. They. All of them? <laughs> Did I say... Not, not all of them, but enough of them. Right. Enough of them. Yeah. Look, I'm I'm never I'm never gonna justify uh, any so form of uh, of of violence. The, the the point is like it seems that like the Arabs are very sensitive. The Israeli Arabs or the Arabs or the Palestinians they're very sensitive. Uh, they're very prone to get offended, pissed, and we should always be on the lookout not to piss them off or else. No, it's it's not being on the lookout. It's um, I I I see it differently. I see it as. I don't know, maybe it's because of the fact that I have spent so many years investigating my grandparents of being on. So on one side, I have grandparents who survived the Holocaust in Romania. So being a minority that suffered so, so, so much in a uh, Eastern European context. And then I have the Iranian side of grandparents who actually thrived in Iran and had rich you know history uh, of course there were some more sensitive times with the neighbors but nothing like you know we experienced in 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 East uh, Europe and I've done so much work you know on myself with my activism with my comedy with the way that I'm handling this like you know Jewish Arab activism that I do with trying to think how in one generation or two generations our DNA as Jews changed right we carry with ourselves kind of like the heritage of being a minority that needed to shut up and, uh, you know, be quiet and we didn't have our safe space and we weren't a majority and we were at risk all the time to having like this change of DNA where we're here, we have our own country, we're the majority, we're thriving, we, you know, we're, we are the, uh, the power. And I just think of our responsibility and the way that we should behave and what we can do to fix and how we can behave to the Palestinian minority that lives in Israel as a way that we never got to enjoy it when we were in the diaspora, right? But isn't that what we're doing, though? No, it's not. We never had it's the not. privileges the Palestinians have here in Israel when we were... I, this is not my point of comparison because I'm not going to look at the poor traumatizing history that we've had as Jews as an example. If I use it as an example, it's only to do something better. Which right? is what we're doing. I don't think so. 
were not succeeding in doing it. And I'm telling you, as someone who the majority of her friends and the majority of the people I grew up, not the majority, but a large amount of the people I grew up with, my teachers, uh, the scholars I learned from, the poetry that I read, the music that I hear, the literature that I read, the social media that I consume, the environment around me. And I'm telling you, the Palestinians, I mean, of course we have... Because they're crybabies. But if you look at data... Uh, th- there's feelings and there's data. So if you look at data, you see that, I- let's say, in the past decade, uh, the number of Palestinian graduates of universities doubled, right. for example. We as Jews, right, despite our painful history and how much we've suffered and how much we, I mean, we, we're kind of similar to the Palestinians in that sense. The fact that you're succeeding and you're thriving and you're educated and you're all over the place with your PhDs, and it doesn't mean... And we know it as Jews, like our success was to our deficit because we were looked, you know, I, I mean, you're, you're using an example of something that was used against us as Jews when we were, th- w- w- uh, when we were you know, but thriving. What's the metric for success if it's not success? When at the end of the day, if the most educated professor, if the most successful doctor, if the most... Um, you know what, I'm not even going to use only, you know, the Arabs that we're comfortable with, even the, you know, the mechanic in the even anyone that, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not like, you know, it's it's really annoying when sometimes we're like, oh, but the Arabs are the doctors that take care of us. But the, but, uh, you know, they serve us the best food. This is not our you know, number of gra- new doctors, by the way, is twice their popul- their size right. per capita. So yeah, new Arab doctors. Yeah. So it's kind of race. It's very racist, actually, to. You, you know, to say that they deserve something or to say th- just because there is a high, pr- you, you know, it. I mean, they should be treated as equals and as, you know, equals to us, even if they weren't so successful and educated and we could. Be but they, like, I oh. think the point is they are being treated as equals and that's why they are thriving and so, succeeding. Yeah. So, no, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you, how are they not being treated as equals? If if at the end of the day, the. Uh, you know the do- the again the doctor the 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 person who's made it the let's think of the Palestinian citizen of Israel that you think that you can think of who's made it the most mm-hmm. in 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 society, and at the end of the day in May seventeenth or or wherever this person is, you know, scared doesn't feel at home. Uh, uh, sees that he cannot even that, that from a Facebook post he could be arrested that for, you know at, at, at the end of the day if the people who are you know the best example for kind of like Israeli let's say Hasbara if they're not feeling at home and if they don't have any form of equal expression and if they don't so I mean I think a lot of it is 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 our responsibility because we are we are the power but feelings uh, it's so subjective right again you're referring to what i'm saying as feelings when you're saying you have data and and again it's not it's i I mean how an individual palestinian feels right it's beyond my control but i'm not speaking of the uh, the individual feeling as uh, something that stays you know, in in the individual. I mean, we see it in the elections to the Knesset, and we see it um, uh, also in terms of b- budgets. We see it in 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 different uh, polls. Polls. In different polls, and we. I mean, 
and and you see it on the ground if there was a mass movement of you know uh, Palestinians uh, living in Israel who were saying we feel you know Israeli and we are you know part of this and we but there are many of those I think but you they're just not you, you can't hear their voices there I don't know why we maybe had they're a scared guest on the podcast Yosef Haddad who is uh, pretty well-known Israeli Arab yeah, yeah. who's served in the military. Um, he he has an organization, right? What's his organization? I don't, called? Remember. I don't remember. But he claims, basically. That, uh, but yeah, his his main argument is that, yeah, Israeli Arabs are... There are many Israeli Arabs who are here. They're patriotic. They love the country. They love Israel. I think that many of the... But they're scared. I think the many of the... To say it. They're scared to say it. I think that many of the Arabs... They, that you're speaking of don't feel at home because they don't want to feel at home. I mean, m- many polls show also that they know that they no, see it's themselves. It's amazing how you're using rhetoric that literally was said about us. Really? Like, why aren't Jews, you know, why aren't Jews like this and this? They're so, I mean, how can, h- how can you be so, you know, successful and be given so many opportunities and then stay Jewish? You know, the Arabs who live in Israel, you know, we love to call them Israeli Arabs. And again, I, I don't want to be like... I want to speak as Noam. I, I, I don't want to speak on their behalf and everything. And Yusuf Haddad, I, don't, I mean, I don't know many, to be honest, I don't know many Palestinians who... Have the same who ha- who ideas. Even who, can re- who can relate, honestly. But the thing is that as much as we try to divide the Palestinian people into different, you know, s- sectors, it's, it's never going to work. Like the family in Ramallah that is related to the family of my best friend in Lud, they're never gonna they're, they're never gonna split <laughs> and say we're not relatives anymore. The, the 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 families in Gaza who are related to families in Jaffa who are related to families in Ramallah who are related to so that's exactly what I'm saying. They see themselves as Palestinians. Right, right. So why are we fighting them? this? So what is the solution to give them back their land no, and to leave? No. So I don't understand. <laughs> no one has ever. No, I. I Many people have suggested that. They ca- I mean, of course, just, they, ca- they, can su- you know. uh, they can suggest it uh, like, uh, till tomorrow, you yeah. know. But, um, and, it's not, and, 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 and from my experience, those two, as someone who grew up with both narratives, uh, and I really, really, really want to believe and I want to, you know, when I was growing up and from a really young age, I tell my parents that this was like way too young to know about, you know, what really happened here in 1948. From the age of seven, Israeli Independence Day was no longer just Israeli Independence Day for me. Seven-year-old Jewish girl growing up in this mixed community. And so... What did they do to you there? I, I, I know, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's horrible. It's uh, really, can I curse? It's like really a mindfuck, right? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> can, can I curse? I didn't wait for, uh, f- uh, <laughs> for the answer. But, but, but the point is that these two narratives, as much as, uh, as, much as it's hard to digest and to understand it, we, uh, we as uh, two people living on this land, uh, there is an option, there is an alternative that we don't come on the expense of one another, right? So when I was, when I was learning, you know, as a really young girl about Independence Day, I was like, okay, we have a country, we have a state. Obviously, this 
you know, makes a lot of people happy. Like, I'm happy I have a home. I'm happy. That, uh, and then the house next to me, the girl that I'm growing up with, and, you know, I, I go to school with her. She has a grandfather that literally survived a massacre in 1948. And it's not... What, the Dir Yassin w- One family of Dir Yassin and one family in a church in Lud. And her grandfather wrote a book about it and has testimonials about it. And he wrote it in Arabic and he's not allowed to translate it into English and to publish it and to sell it. And, you know, um, and this is not like a propaganda Hamas video trying to kick me out of this land. This is my neighbor telling me, just like I'm telling her about my um, Romanian grandma that survived whatever she survived in her history. In, in, in East Europe, I have my best friend, her whole family. Her grandma is still alive. And it's not the same, she, though, because the Jews in Europe never... No, no, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not uh, trying to compare narratives here. I'm just saying that, like, you know, we have our own history. And yeah. we, and we, s- sorry, and yeah. we also expect people to believe our narrative and to believe us and to not deny it. And there I am growing up with another narrative that is next to me. And I, I can't ignore it because it's literally like the family telling me what they've been through in 1948, right? So this mm-hmm. is the history of this land. And it's very, very, very painful to one side that keeps on losing and keeps on feeling like they don't have a place, like it's an ongoing catastrophe for them because they're unable to see their brothers and sisters and families also Uh, in Gaza and in the West Bank and also in the Palestinian diaspora that are not allowed to even come and visit, right? And you're you're with this and you're like, it doesn't mean that they want me out of here. It means, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. You know, this this is a crucial point for us Jews to understand. It's a crucial point for us to understand. If we want to stay on this land... We have to do the opposite of the kind of face that you're giving me right now, which is, I, I get it, and I, I have this fear inside of me, but I don't let it uh, o- overcome. Fear. Yeah, it, it is a fear. It's okay that we fear. No, but I don't, I'm really not it afraid. It doesn't men. No, yeah, I'm, men I'm really not. So I, I am afraid so of if things you're not like afraid, So if you're not afraid, and, and I really why is the Palestinian... And sour milk. <laughs> Every time I drink milk, I'm that terrified. I'm terrified that it's going to be that it's gonna be spoiled. But I'm oh, not afraid of... Wait, yeah. wait, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> you, were, you were saying, I don't remember what. I don't either. Oh. Oh, you wait, were no, saying I, yeah, that yeah. you're afraid of many things, but this is not one thing you fear of, right? I don't fear it. I, I just... I think it's un- hard to deny. It's undeniable that the Palestinian people as a whole, and again, this is a generalization, so of course there's going to be exceptions, but as a whole would like us gone from here and would like to uh, occupy the entire land. Uh, I disagree with you. Very much disagree with you, right? I think, I mean, there is a huge narrative shift that we have to, to you know, to do, I, I think, as Jews, because... If we want to stay on this land forever, as we should, you know, I, we, I, I as re- a majority or I as a minority. Re- I mean, right? This is a great question yeah. because what are we aiming for, and how are we gonna, how are we gonna stay here, right? The, I don't even know how our founders didn't think about this. That like this is the most urgent thing for us as Jews to do in order to stay on this land is to make sure that our co-indigenous 
people that live here with us and I think that if they all if they take a DNA test most of them <laughs> you know will find out that they're Jewish right Palestinians I, I think that almost every Palestinian if they take a DNA test I think a lot It's of debatable, them but I think a lot of them will find out that they're but Jewish. But Judaism isn't just a matter of, course, of DNA, right? No, but I'm, you, you know, but I'm talking from a point of view of, of South Italy, the same, by the way. But right, but but it's endless. But, but, but our, our our most sustained sustainable way of existing on this land is existing with the Palestinians. It's not even about coexistence; it's about existing. We never settled for less than existing. Why are we demanding the Palestinians to do something that we, we never, we never... We're not demanding them to, to you, do the less but, than exists. But by, but, but by saying, you know, when you say, you know, Palestinians want us out, you're giving yourself a discount, right? You're saying it's us or them, or we always have to be living on um, our... Uh, you, you know uh, our most basic instincts <laughs> no so for me you know as someone who's experienced um, you know from up you know up close and you can say that I grew up with certain Palestinians and you can say that but I truly th think of myself as someone who you know I speak the language and I've I've, I've tried my whole life to really be a living kind of alternative to see like what happens when Jews are not fighting against that narrative. What happens, what will happen to us if we will not be in that mentality of they want us out, therefore we have to be so powerful and with so much power. And we're not going to have the U.S. Uh, 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 support, support forever. We'll be dead. No, no well, but seriously, no. though, uh, because <laughs> let's say, okay, let's say I'm, I agree with you that they don't want us all dead. But you, we can agree that like 90% of Palestinians, if not 100%, want the right of return. Right? Yeah. They want all the millions and millions of Palestinians to go back to to the actual state Actually, of Israel. Actually, I'm not sure this is the right percentage. I think that there was a... There were polls and a vast there was, majority there supports the right of There was a very much in-depth research made that um, uh, the majority of Palestinians said that they would like the right to come and visit and like acknowledge of their narrative and to see it, but they've already established a life in, you know, in Canada, no, but Paris, most, whatever. Most Israeli, Israeli Arabs support the, the right of return. And I think the most Palestinians in the territory support the right mm -hmm. of return. And the question is, and here I think we have a disagreement. I, I think the right of return equals my destruction. Either it will end up by me being lynched or me fleeing back to Europe, right? Because if there will be a majority here in a democracy, Uh, then then we'll end up yeah it will be bad for us so this is the so point where the the discussion goes to a place where again we are avoiding the present and what we can do and what is more logical and likely you know that will happen right we did not give up the right of return for how many years 70 something no we did not give up The our right. the Jewish right of return. Ah, two thousand years. Right, two yeah. thousand mm -hmm. years. And here we are. Uh, exactly. That's that, exactly right. That's yeah. exactly the e point. Right. And e if they are as fierce as us, it makes uh, them our biggest enemies. But you're seeing it as us as again as us versus them, right? Twenty two or 
almost 23% of the population now in Israel, not in a hypothetical future of Palestinian refugees coming. Uh, one second again. You, you were, were saying, saying two, 22% to 23% of uh, right. the country is Israeli or, Arabs. Yeah, or um, Palestinian citizens of Israel. <laughs> yeah. Right, so with a divided identity, most of them struggle with it. Mm-hmm. We're Arab, we're Palestinian, we're Israeli. You know, it's a very like hot topic. Um, you spoke to some people who totally feel Israeli, Arab, and, uh, and, and, and some others are, you know, they're, they're divided and it's very, very complex and it's very, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, and then we have, you know, Palestinians who live in the West Bank, who live under military control, and who are experiencing um, house demolitions, land grab every day by settlers, and uh, restrictions on their movement, and uh, houses, you know, in Sheikh Jarrah being, uh, you know, taken by uh, uh, Jewish uh, nationalist organizations, etc., etc. Yeah. Rather than taken. Yeah. Let's not go down okay. that road. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, yeah. the... We can, we can talk now about the, you know, the, the, these big issues, the right of return, and, but my, fa- my friends in Ramallah, um, they're not worried about the right of return right now. Right. They're they worried, want, they they worried about the fact that they've never been to the beach, which is like 40 minutes from their house. They're worried about the fact that in order to travel somewhere, they have to go through Jordan and pass multiple unexpected military checkpoints because their lives are never, ever, ever expected because they live in a military zone where at any given moment the the army can come in and do whatever they want. They don't feel safe. They don't feel secure. So what I'm saying is we have an existing reality that we have so many tools and power to change. But we don't have the tools to change their minds. And they support the arm our murder i mean and i know that that sounds extreme but when you look at at, at i mean Polls. there was a poll done by a, a palestinian jur- journalist organization that asked how many of them support the stabbings the knife attacks that were happening back in what it was 2016 in gaza the numbers were just dumbfounding like 80 percent. but in the west bank a majority a clear majority yeah. something like 60 percent. but were, this is this is they, where they support it or yeah. strongly support it no, I mean, I understand how frustrating it is. And, you know, I'm listening to you and I, you know, we live in a society <laughs> where almost every single person is drafted into the military at the age of 18 and holds an M16, right? And you're here in front of me complaining, you know, the Palestinians say that they support stabbings, whatever, you know. You know, the, uh, we have um, a huge kind of benefit and privilege where because we are a country and we have an army and we have a you know, weapon and an industry that is supported by you know, the United States and military and billions of dollars and our, uh, uh, our narrative has resources, right? So you are saying to your listeners palestine you're 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 shrinking this kind of you know this like two-sided very 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 complex two narratives that exist here 
into you know making the listeners feel like Palestinians support stabbing, right? But another mo- your Palestinian equivalent with a podcast, right, could be sitting in front of a microphone right now and saying every Israeli is a murderer for holding an M16 at the age of 18. Do you agree with that? No. Because it's an illogical H- statement. But you just said a very equivalent no, statement. No, because we're not going out and, and, and randomly From murdering. your perspective. No, factually. From your perspective. Objectively, we're not going out. Most and cases of Palestinians, right, yeah. being uh, uh, f- f- fired at, right, is uninvestigated. Almost, uh, I mean, soldiers are not being, you know, we are investigating, the, the army is investigating itself. You no, yeah, don't, but if you were to, if you were to poll the Israeli public and ask them, do you support the murder of innocent women and children by Israeli soldiers? They would say you, absolutely how do you, not. How do you know that this is the exact wording that was asked? We, we read the poll. What but, do you mean? But no, so that's what I'm saying. Okay, so the the poll. The you question don't read was, Arabic. No. You don't understand Arabic. You don't know the rhetoric and the kind of terms that is used. Honestly, no, those on. are Look, official English listen, documents listen. by the polling by the Palestinian polling. Listen, let's assume, listen, listen. Let's assume the questions are accurate. Let's assume uh, that's what I, I get. Let me ask I you. I can't this. assume with you that the questions are accurate, right? What? I can't. So I can't assume with you ga- because you're trying to demonize Palestinians. No, you're trying not, to sit here I'm and you're not. telling me this like data. A majority of them supports the stabbing, the blah, blah, I'm, blah. Okay, so you, I'm, it's, asking, it's, I'm asking you do, you, do you doubt? You would not be okay with yeah. this kind of data on a podcast being said about us. I don't know where this resource is. I don't know who said it. I don't know. It, was it asking English, in Arabic, to which population, to where, to what, you know? You are doing something very dangerous. You don't you, think that the Palestinians have I think a culture the Palestinians, of, of violence? I think no. And this is something very, very dangerous that you're even saying this. It's very dangerous. I think, this I think is it's the factual. kind of this is the kind of rhetoric that was used against us as Jews in very dark past days. What you just said, a culture of violence. It's a culture, comparison. You, we live in a militaristic society. We live in a society where an 18-year-old boy and girl. They are drafted into a military organization and being given an M16, right? Yeah, it's very, very easy for people to come and say that we also come from a culture of violence no, because we're different. militarized, because we're full of PTSD from all 18-year-old kids who, ha- who are forced to be in checkpoints and decide if a 60-year-old woman passes to the hospital. This also in, uh, uh, can develop for, for us. A culture of vi- what is the culture of violence? Culture, how do so you, Eitan? How I'll do explain. you? I'll yes, explain. but but, you're, you're, but again, wait, I wait. want you to think. I want you to think about the sentence you just said. So I'm saying that the, the, it's not comparable to children's shows on uh, Hamas television or even in the West Bank, where you have a you know a Big Bird style uh, TV child TV star saying uh, kill the Jew. That's not. It's not comparable. I mean, and that Jews is, in Europe never had such TV shows, as far as I recall. So, so there are the, you. We can talk about the military-industrial complex and the militaristic uh, society that we live in, but it's not different than deep-seated hatred for 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 the Jew. And and I'm not saying that every Palestinian hates Jews, but I'm saying that there is a certain culture 
one of hatred towards Jews that is being propagated in Palestinian society, both in the West Bank and in Gaza. And there is also a culture of violence. You know, we could get into... Uh, if you, if you yeah. honestly think that there isn't a viral video of a settler kid with a tzitziot and a gun in one of the camps that, you know, that, you know, that went viral recently, and there is another Palestinian podcast person sitting somewhere right now and showing this video as something that represents our culture, right? Is it, It's just... It's but you spoke about context it, at the beginning, and just that's, that's, there's it, no context there. That that is a that is the think, fringe of Israeli society, and, and this you is, don't think this is the fringe of Palestinians? No, no it's mainstream. When I see the a, a terrorist uh, uh, who murdered uh, who murdered uh, uh, Old Taltamam's uh, uncle being released and being accepted in the village by thousands Samir of people Puntar. look how he was accepted in Samir the Puntar. Lebanese like you see them go back to their villages and thousands of people adoring them right and those are murderers of innocent people you, d- you just never see such things in Israel never and then you have the data you, you doubt the polls that will send you the data if you're interested but that data comes from from Palestinian uh, research centers yeah I mean look the discussion this discussion it makes me very uh, heavy-hearted because i see like the huge gap that still i mean there's there there are going to be so many years of work for mm-hmm. people to even understand i mean uh, at this point of the discussion it's always a dis- uh, it, it's always a time where like i let myself settle back in and i realize and i realize how lonely i am because i i, I grew up in a way where I think I've been maybe multi like st- on steroids exposed to what it, it to what it's really like for Palestinians to live under occupation for 73 years and our heroes and their heroes are not the same the way that we view how we are being defended and what their options of defense is just not the same what helped me is to go to Northern Ireland honestly It really, really helped me to shape my thinking around, you know, uh, also in South Africa, it really helped me to understand the psychology behind heroism of prisoners, um, leadership in a place where you're not allowed to have an army and every, you know, liberation organization is potentially always terrorist and how we are allowed to have our heroes that fly helicopters and airplanes and bomb kids and it's legit and the other side is a culture of violence and so you know i'm i'm i still we have a i I think that we have a long way to go uh for us to rehumanize you know how uh you know the voice of palestinians and what they deserve to have i mean we we're just ending a week where the discussion is you know, human rights defenders, like five NGOs who were labeled as terrorists. Mm-hmm. And so we are very far away in the discussion if we are viewing human rights defenders, uh, uh, you know, as, as terrorists. We have a really, really, really long way to go. But what I keep reminding myself is to always go back to my, you know, my Jewish DNA and what I learned, right? We never gave up what we're demanding the Palestinians to give up on. And so... The, they're never 
I don't think that in our lifetime they're ever going to get to the point of you know liberation and freedom of what we have but I also think that our freedom is and and also full liberation on this land is very limited because of the fact that Palestinians are themselves you know don't have the same type of uh, rights and freedom and any and equality that we have when we realize that fighting for them is actually fighting for us and our future here that point that you mentioned before where eventually we're going to die we're not i don't want to live in this victimized uh, mindset that eventually someone is going to kick us out that eventually someone will w- would want to kill us what if eventually we will have a palestinian partner on this land that is powerful that has weapon that has an army that maybe i don't know but what if you're wrong but what, what if, if you're, you're wrong we have peace agreements it's like it's like We're, riding a bicycle ha- in tel aviv we have you take a risk and you might you might find fall. yourself right yeah and, and and also i mean we have right now we have peace peace treaties and we have uh, normalized relations with people and places that it was uncon you know it was unconceivable in the past right mm-hmm. if we go down that route that we're against the Palestinians right now we're never going to reach a place where we're alive right we're never going to reach a place where we're alive because it de- eventually something will happen you know the power dynamic will change something will happen the area the region uh, the US the US uh, the US you know strategy to this region will change What are we going to do then when we don't have this like backbone of the US, of Europe? What happens when a few generations passes and they won't feel so guilty about the Holocaust in Europe? What then, what is our safe zone? What, what are we relying on, on this land, right? Not outside. What is the deep-rooted... Just, to- just power. What if, this, what, if this power, what if this power goes away? It must not. It must not go away. Good luck. We'll always have nukes, you know? <laughs> You <laughs> can always nuke them. Uh, you sound like an Iranian. No, they're too, <laughs> no. they're too close. <laughs> you uh, can't yeah. nuke them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, It's not very helpful in the conflict. Look, the last thing I, I'd like to, to ask really quickly, because we've got to wrap things up. Let's say we gave full citizenship to, to the Palestinians in the territories and in Gaza, and we try to live here as a minority. Uh, do you think we can survive and thrive in such a scenario? Seriously, is if, this, if I'm is giving it, them... Is this the option? Going, let's just say, I'm giving them citizenship. Now let's live in peace. Will, will we be able as Jewish minority to, to live in peace here in Israel? It's a trick question. It's a trick question also because like the way, oh yeah, let's just give them, you know, as if like... Uh, yeah. Is it so... It, 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 it's, it's not going to happen like this. Yeah, hopefully it's, it's many right wingers want this uh, right. solution. Yeah, yeah which, it be, which is why I ask it, because it's not that far far fetched. Um, I think there I are going to be a few stages. Right. And I think that, uh, you know, Palestinians, especially if they're religious, if they're nationalists, just like, you know, we have a growing, you know, religious nationalism in our narrative and in our, you know, uh, 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 different communities. We will have to see. It's very similar to Northern Ireland. Two 
you know, people who are existing on one land have very contradicting narratives, have very contradicting symbols, signs that they want to be ex- th- that they want expressed. They also have very contradict contradicting relationship to the land, right? If we're talking about the Al-Aqsa Mosque, our uh, you know, holy temple mount, th- these things are never going to go away. The demand of you know our relation to this con- to this land as Jews is never going to go away the connection of palestinians to this land and their relation to this land is never going to go away the the question is what type of wise strategic and strong leadership is going to realize that as soon as possible and let people express it and 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 you know and the big those symbols and the religion and the nationalism thing i think actually this these are the these are actually the easy the more the more easy the, the the easier steps i think that as soon as people have freedom of movement more economic um prosperity. Oppor- prosperity and opportunities a way to express their identity and to feel like they have a certain type of autonomy the the, the the longer we have on this land and the less violence also sorry Unf- you were going to say something no no unfortunately we have to write things up i think i feel like we could have this conversation for another four hours yeah. um and probably not get anywhere people have been having <laughs> this conversation for, for but we will years. solve this here yeah but if we only had another five minutes we'd yeah. get to a resolution yeah no, but, um, but i yeah. but i mean it's a i, I don't want to end on kind of a hopeless note uh, I, I I mean uh, the we're, we're, we're good with hopelessness. <laughs> no, but We've I <laughs> I mean I no, have I I um, when I started uh, about like four years ago, four mm-hmm. and a half years ago, when I, I I left the UN. We talked about it last time. I left my big like peace building UN job, and I started this like individual comedy. I I I've seen that as as individuals, we have a lot of influence, right? Mm-hmm. I've in those few years. Uh, my content in Arabic and my following from the you know in from the Arab world, I've managed to reach more people mm-hmm. than you know an activist or a uh, diplomat or whatever you you know you want to call it. And I think that we shouldn't underestimate this. I think that you know narratives take a lot of time and our stories matter and what we represent and what we live by is very very important. I think that even if Palestinians will hear this episode and they will hear you know some of the things that you've mentioned and how you listen to it and how you then added something to your thought i think this this makes a lot of it it makes a lot of difference at the end of the day because the recent year with the agreements and the fact that there is more exchange and more interest on what's happening it opened something in terms totally, of the discourse i totally agree i think that um I mean, I don't know if it's going to lead to a solution in the near future. I don't know if it's going to take 100 years. But I think that the key in my mind has always been to have open conversations. And that's why that's why we do this. Um, yeah. And I and really, I, I hope we'll have you on again to, to talk about this even more. I think that the, the fact that we can listen to the other side and, and think about it, I think you opened my mind up to some things. Um, like never ride a bike. Like never ride a bike <laughs> with your flip flops and no helmet and without any experience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think it's important. Unfortunately, we, we gotta have wrap to wrap things it up. up. Yeah. Uh, people reach out to you. How? 
Uh, I'm very active on Instagram, Noam underscore June. Uh, Twitter is fun, Noam Schuster. You do comedy shows. I do comedy shows in English, Arabic, and Hebrew. And like I update on Facebook and Instagram. And I'm going to have a, actually a big show in Haifa during Christmas time, mm-hmm. during the Hanukkah Christmas kind of celebrations and uh, shows in Jaffa. And like there's always things going on. And I also have uh, Khan 11 spots here. here yeah. and there and mm-hmm. uh, more exciting things happening okay Check one out. very very exciting thing what, what? I'll share it next time you can't can. yeah. Noam Schuster Eliassi guys look it up look her up online N-O-A-M S-H-U-S-T-E-R and Eliassi E-L-I-A-S-S-I Noam Schuster Eliassi we'll put a link thank you so much for coming thank before you. we go first of all guys we have you seen the, those mugs that we sell Beautiful I don't know if you mugs. subscribe to them I no you're not gonna no, like you didn't this get, one but yeah, you'll like this one get, yeah BDS so, BDS tears mug and the nice Jewish uh, boy we can mug add, we can add tears here then you'll have a nice Jewish boy tears <laughs> exactly yeah. and then you'll buy this one and then yeah all your Instagram followers will buy it um, <laughs> anyway guys if you want those mugs go to twingb.com slash merch and help us out by purchasing yes. them and also we accept donations go to twingb.com slash donate and also we are sponsored by Alcheva so israelnationalnews.com israelnationalnews.com they're a great source for uh, news opinion pieces Uh, and of course AJN Australian Jewish News AJN.timesofisrael.com um, you see we have Times of Israel which are like left leaning and we maybe have after Israel the, National News the peace starts They're here right. maybe oh, after the episode with me you'll uh, lose some of your funding no we've had oh. way worse <laughs> okay. not that yeah. you're bad no. <laughs> <laughs> we've had way farther left let's put it we yeah. had the CEO of Breaking the Silence oh, we right. and we're gonna have the CEO of, uh, of uh, the New Israel Fund cool. yeah Nice. So, you know, we're comfortable. Good, good, good. You're our a right winger. Good company. Our sponsorships are making peace as we speak. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you, really. Bye. Thank Bye, you. Bye, guys. Bye.